I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of commercial-free five-yard rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Better, 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 bing, Rush Nation. We are back. It is Tuesday. Murph, help me out. I, I, I slept so well last night. I'm com- so tired. It's really weird. I've been sleeping terribly. I've not been tired. Sleep brilliantly last night. I'm tired. Welcome back, Rush Nation. I just mentioned it. Murph, how you doing, man? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? It is recording on Tuesday. Whether this has gone out on Tuesday is a different question because we've got some great guests this week, and I guess it's just we choose what goes out to people first. Well, seeing as we've said it's Tuesday, we'll sling this out tonight, and the rest can follow. How about that? Sounds good. So, as most of you are aware, we sort of threw out, come at us with your fantasy questions on social medias and so forth and Rush Nation you came back in your droves so we thank you very much got lots and lots to get through so we're going to hit with some news and then I guess we've got some sort of mailbag episode I suppose yeah I guess it's, it's turned to a mailbag episode it'd be good to we thought we'd get a few questions and then have that as a sort of a theme of the show and then you guys responded in droves so I don't even know if we're going to get to all of them. We will definitely try. But if we don't, we'll do another one. Yeah, we've got some uh, questions for guests as well this week. So if we didn't pick up your question here, then they might go to some of our guests. Wicked. Uh, We would also like to say thank you for your reviews and stuff on iTunes. Please do keep them coming. 
it's helping us to trend into uncharted territory, I suppose you could say. We hit, well, I won't tell you the figure because that would be giving the game away, but we did quite well last week in the sports podcast category. Yes, we did. We ranked, which was uh, a real surprise and uh, a great treat for us. So uh, it's it's thank you to all of you who download, who subscribe, who uh, rate and review the podcast. If you haven't already, please do. It massively helps us to not only um, rank, which is great, and get more people listening to the pod, uh, but more importantly, it really helps with the guests that we can get. So we'd be very lucky, especially in the infancy phase, to get such brilliant guests and uh, there's no doubt now that guests are, are coming on because they can see the kind of following that Rush Nation has and uh, that only allows us to get better and better. No doubt, no doubt. So let's start with some fantasy implication news. Carl Rudolph has signed four-year, 36 mil extension to remain at the Vikings after saying that he probably wasn't going to. Everybody jumped on the Irv Smith Jr. hype train and that train has now come into the station, tied itself to the buffers and probably isn't going anywhere for the next couple of years. They don't really play too tight and sets too much up in Minnesota. So, Irv Smith, take a back seat, brother, because your fantasy time is not quite yet. So glad this is over because it was. He's been offered a five-year deal. It looks like he's going to reject it. Then it looks like he's going to get traded to the Patriots. Now he stayed. It's great. You say fantasy implications? Is it massively relevant? Well, I mean, probably not. But <laughs> considering sort of. tight end is such a lottery really and later on in the tight end I guess the end of tight end one tight end twos Rudolph yeah wasn't terrible so no that's fair and he's going to stay as he is <laughs> I think I think you'll see them a lot of people now have, have put Rudolph um, have put Irv Smith Jr. into a bit of a fade I think they're going to run some two tight end sets and those of you that have picked him up in Dynasty I wouldn't necessarily worry I do think Carl Rudolph is a one year fix I don't think he's going to be there too long the way this this deal is structured they can get away from it after this year for not a lot of money so they've just basically committed to pay him this year and a little bit next year and the following year but it's not big money uh, after this year so if you've drafted Dev Smith Jr. and are panicked uh, you don't need to um, you just know that this year he's probably going to be a bit more of a fade and he's someone that you stash on a taxi squad or someone you just call up as and when you need them unless you have drafted him as your tight end <laughs> then you need to panic uh yeah i mean yeah he's clearly not going to get a lot of sets but then i would assume that carl rudolph would be free in quite a lot of so if you've already had your draft you've drafted him and carl rudolph is still sitting around then just go and put a zero fab bid on him and and take him because he'll bring you in i mean he was the tight end Titan 10, Titan 12 after his monster week 17 performance. So, 16. A week 16 performance. So, Stop and it, it was the fancy championship week. So, yeah, 16. Yes, it was. So, um, poor on the consistency rating, but another year with um, Kirk Cousins, maybe he might do a bit better this year. Yeah, that won't hurt. Had a couple of decent reviews. Well, we've probably had more than a couple, but these were a couple we liked. One from YT7. Thanks very much, mate. He gave her five stars and said, get in touch. There's still a handful of. No. He didn't say that. No, that's what he just put. It was a really good podcast. He uh, he ultimately really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, just told us to keep up the good work. Um, I'm just pulling it up now. Apologies, Michael, for not putting it on. No, that's fine. So anyway, yeah, get in touch. There are still a few patches left. Apologies to those who haven't had their patches yet. I uh, yeah, he just put great podcast. Uh, really knowledgeable guys. Uh, really useful for a noob to the sport. Cool. Thanks, Whitey. Yeah. So I misplaced my little envelopes. So I had to go and buy some more today and I will get those out in the post to you tomorrow. 
Rush Nation, I apologise. And then Marty also gave us a five-star review. He said, great banter, great guest, keep up the great work, and hashtag keep rushing. Marty, you are now my new favourite member of Rush Nation. Thank you for using my tagline. Appreciate it. Murph, listener leagues, where are we at? All full. Boop, boop. So all listener leagues are full. We're currently drafting in... First draft has started, which was the one-point uh, PPR. There was lots of trading going on uh, very early in that. Um, so I think we're currently in the 10th, maybe the 11th round. I'm just checking now. So it's a slow draft, hence why we didn't know. So yeah, we're at the pick 10-10. Um, it's a quite exciting draft so far. There's been lots of trading. We traded up uh, back into the second round. So we uh, took Joe Mixon uh, at 1-11. So we were 11th in the 12-man league. And then we took Julio Jones. Then we traded off Ethan Turner, podcast favorite, injury specialist, who traded back to go and get Travis Kelsey. It meant we gave up our third and fourths and got the seventh back. So then we ended up with Kerry, uh, Kenyon Drake, Lamar Miller, uh, Marvin Jones, Rashad Penny, Will Fuller, Geronimo Allison, and we've taken Russell Wilson in the 10th round. Who I'm personally very pleased with to get in the 10th round. So um, really good teams in here. So and we, it's a bit of an international flavor. We've got a few Americans in here. So uh ricky wilson's in here not the singer from the kaiser chiefs um we've got tyler belorski's in here and we've got ethan turner in here and our good friend uh, marty who gave us five star reviews also in this league uh also playing with you guys that we've played in a couple of leagues for uh sean spedding's in here and dave long who's in a couple of leagues and a couple of uh and our, our football wanderer jacob is in his league as well so oh shout out jacob um and then one of our bigger fans in here, uh, Matt, is in this, who's uh, Patriots Nation, Matt. So uh, he's also, he gave us a review previously. Uh, he actually wants us to guest on his podcast. And I said we would do that in a couple of weeks to talk about Patriots fantasy. Oh, that's... <laughs> I know, it's like a poison chance. Can yeah. you come on the podcast? Yes, absolutely happy to. Talk about Patriots fantasy. Yeah. Got anything else? <laughs> it's, uh, it's a dartboard. Yeah. <laughs> so Matt, I know you're listening. We're really happy to do it. We're going to do it in July. Um... And yeah, we'll uh, we'll hit you up. Yeah, we'll spread fire as always. Don't you worry, Matt. So the Patriots talking to them. They've the Texans have they've been reported by the Patriots for tampering over the pursuit of Nick Cassiero, director of player personnel, uh, one of Belichick's disciples, I guess. And as a result, the Texans have ended their pursuit <laughs> and are no longer going down that avenue. I think they the Patriots want Nick to take over from Belichick and then. Uh, McDaniel's to be the the head coach there after the Brady Belichick era, or the GM. Yeah, sorry, GM. I mean, it could be either or. I mean, he does do coaching. Uh, you know, he, Nick Casario has been there a very long time. He's been there, you know, eighteen years. I think he's been there. So he's been there a long time, and they've put very strict wording in his contract, which is what the Patriots were upset about. So it's interesting. It is a bit of holding him back, but. Um, I guess we'll see what happens. Now, three players have come out already to say they're not going to attend mandatory mini camps held by their respective teams. Yannick Ngakwe from the Jaguars is not going to report until his contract demands have been met, whilst neither Jadavian Clowney or Robbie Gold will not report as they've not signed their franchise tags. I think Clowney gets cleaned up before the season, but I can imagine Robbie Gold sitting the season out and then moving up to Chicago where he's currently having a house built. Yeah, I mean... It's clearly why he's doing it. He wants to move to Chicago. I think Chicago trade for him. Um, they've had an absolute disaster in uh, in in kicking practice where they uh, they cut um, 
Chris blew it last week because he, he hit both uprights. No, he didn't. I think he hit both uprights. <laughs> um, or he, he, he definitely, he had a mare anyway. He was cut the next day. I think he had three kicks. I think he hit both uprights, one to the left, one to the right. And he missed all three. Although they did have a kicking battle between Eddie Pinheiro, who used to kick for the University of Florida. I can't remember for love of me who this other guy is who they've got in. Uh, neither have a lot of NFL experience. And uh, they did the traditional, like, oh, if you kick it from this distance, we haven't practice early. Um, and they did it the day before, and they missed it. I think it was from 45. Um, so then they gave it to them from inside 40, and they both made it, so they got to go off practice early. Uh, silver learning the cloud there I suppose inside 40 though it's like great but that's that's your job that's what you should be doing so fair that um, you know he's no Matt Gay first time see you later drilled it bosh so. let's have it from 50 yards finishing yeah. an hour early cheers so yeah so it's interesting I think Clowney's a really interesting one because it, it, it this screams a lot to me of very similar to the Khalil Mack situation last year um mm. So I think it's a pay or trade. And I think there's plenty of takers who will give up first round picks for Clowney. So it'd be interesting to see they get that done. And Gokwe, I think it's just a contractual thing. I think if the Jaguars, they've got a bit of a cap uh, tightening at the moment. They gave a lot of money to Nick Foles. Mm -hmm. So I think if they can sort their cap out, um, they should be able to get something done there. So um, I don't think any of these. And I think the Bears, if they want Robbie Gold badly, they can give away a small kick. And go from there. Talking of Nick Foles, let's talk about the man he backed up. Carson Wentz has signed a new four-year extension worth $128 million, up to $144 million with $66 million fully guaranteed at the signing. And then 107.9 guarantees him up till the 2024 season. Decent money, that. Yeah, so it averages out at 32 mil a season, um, which puts him not quite in the... Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson territory, but it puts him very handsomely paid in sort of the top three or four quarterbacks in the league. Um, I really sit on the fence with this track or with this contract because, it, as he showed a couple of years ago, he has got the talent to be a potential MVP in this league, but he also gets injuries, and you know maybe he was rushed back last year, and that's why he had an injury-prone year. I think this is a way that. The Eagles have come at this and gone, we think you're an elite talent and could be the highest paid player in the league. So what we're going to do is reward you now, but we're going to pay you a little bit under what that talent is worth because we have some reservations. And if you turn out to be that talent, which we think you are, that gives us some money to reinvest back into the team to be a championship contending team. And Wentz has said the same thing. Wentz has said, well, I'm happy to get the deal now. And if it gives the team some extra money in future years to, to go and do something to strengthen the team to be consistent, then that's great. It's a win-win. So I think it is a, it's a, one of those win-wins, but the concern with me is his is injury record. And if he can come back and be at that level of potential MVP caliber, then it it's a great bit of business. But at the same token, we've just seen with Todd Gurley, you give someone a massive contract with an injury concern. If that isn't fully healed... Or there's a or there's a problem that could continue to be persistent. Mm. You're now tied to him, so going out and getting another player is going to be very very difficult. So, and in the case of Todd Gurley, it's a bit easier because it's running backs. You can pick up running backs quite cheap. Quarterbacks you can't. So if this backfires, 
this is going to put the Eagles in a hole for about three years. So they clearly have done a lot of research and feel that he is fit. So Yeah, they're, they're a big analytics team, aren't they? So I imagine they've done a lot of research into the injuries and, and had a decent, I say feel about, that's probably the wrong thing when talking about an injury, but yeah. they've looked into it in depth, I imagine, and taken into consideration the injuries he's had and probably thought these are, they're not reoccurring, they're more freakish. So, you know, you and I could have well I did I smashed up my knee in a completely freak accident that so these things do happen and I'm not saying it won't happen again but I imagine that they see him as more of a safer prospect than a non-safer in order to offer that money but like you say this just under what others are getting in, in a show of sort of faith but saying we want you to be fit at the same time well it's a massive leap of faith um, because they didn't have to do this now they could have done it waited six months and done it towards the end of the season you know they've shown a massive statement of intent doing it now um, I guess we'll see what happens. But if he goes down injured, I do fear what happens to to them as a franchise. Because I think if you look at them on paper and what they've done with the management that they've got, I think they've got some of the best GMs and some of the best analytical departments in the game. Mm-hmm. I think that team is primed potentially for a Super Bowl run in the next year or two. Well, they've got the roster. To That's do what it. I mean. So, and they've got the coaching staff. So it is all on Wentz. And if Wentz is fit, then this is a great bit of business, as I say. But if he, if there's anything, any doubt there, you know, you could be in a, a bit of problem. So it's an interesting one to wait and see. But I, I really a big fan of the player, and and I hope it works out well for him. So Brian Gain, the Texans GM, was fired this week, uh, last week actually. Now, yeah, yeah, last week, uh, six weeks after the NFL draft. Shocking timing, really, uh, considering they were a playoff team in 2018. Yeah, so it's funny that I, I wrote this as shocking timing, and that's actually what they put in their statement, was they put that, um, I think they used the words bizarre timing or unusual timing. or They they referenced that it was an unusual time, but actually seven of the last 13 GMs that have been fired have been fired after the NFL draft, but before the season. So maybe it's not quite as weird as, yeah. um, as it's made out to be, but they highlighted it in the early parts of their statement. Um I think this is a really fascinating move. We talked about, obviously, Nick Casario. They've gone for, they've not got him. Um, it just says to me that Bill O'Brien is clearly uh, in a bit of a power play. He's clearly someone who is... Um, they didn't get on. They famously didn't get on. Um, Bill O'Brien knows Casario from his time at the Patriots. And clearly, that's someone he's got a better relationship with. So, that makes sense as to why they're going that way. Um, but I will say this, is I think... This puts Bill O'Brien, for me, in, in a bit of a hot seat because if he doesn't get... This is the second GM he's effectively got fired, which is quite a strong thing to do. Mm. And if the next GM comes in, and clearly this GM has been fired over what's happened with the first two picks in the NFL draft. Titus Howard was a bit of a panic pick and to be outsmarted by the Eagles and getting the player of their choice and letting the Eagles jump ahead to take them, I think is, is what's cost them. Um, and probably Brian Gaines' job. And I think that Bill O'Brien's looked at what's come to camp and gone, I'm not happy with this, I don't think I can do anything. And I think he's he's adding some cover that I don't think I can get playoff wins with what I've got, which is a bit unfair. But I think Bill O'Brien, when it looks at the next GM hire, if they don't win a playoff game for me in the next year to two years, I think he's gone because they've got all the talent there their division isn't the strongest. 
compared to some. I know they've got the Colts in there, and it's enough. It's sort of an interesting division, but I don't think they've really utilised the advantage that they had over the last three or four years to record zero playoff wins in that time. I think is is a shame, or is it one playoff win? It's not a lot. So yeah. Right then, let's do it. Let's hit the mailbag. I don't have a call drop. I should, but I don't. <laughs> We've got these pictures. We have screen grabs in front of us because it's a lot easier to read that way. We're going to run through them top to bottom. Do you want me to read them out? Yeah, we, if you want, or we go one each. And... Okay. I'll ask the first one then. Okay. So, first one comes from uh, Josh Drink. Yeah, Josh. <laughs> first, one, first one in, as always. Top lad. Um, so... Who do you think? Who do you guys think will be the overall number one fantasy player this year, excluding quarterbacks? And who's your biggest sleeper? Oh, I hate the term sleeper because yeah, like if you do a fifth, like we're in a fifty-three man draft at the moment, IDP. So there, there's no technical term as a sleeper because pretty much everybody in the NFL is going to get drafted. Yeah. So I think so. I've got a sleeper for a question later on, but I don't want to use the guy twice. So I'll start with my number one fantasy player, and I think there's a really good chance it's Devontae Adams. Just because I think he'll... I think if Aaron Rodgers wants to throw to him more, he's going to throw to him more. And last year he was pretty good, so I think he'll... he'll, Somewhere in the region of 16 touchdowns, maybe, move up. I think it's going to depend... First of all, it depends on the format for me. Oh yeah, of course. The standard and PPR vastly differ. So I would say this year, overall, if I'm talking standard, maybe even zero point five PPR, I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley because I think without OBJ, I think he gets significant increase on what was already a heavy workload, and I think I just don't see where regression is going to come from, especially if they're going to bring Daniel Jones in. They're going to run the ball a lot. I think he gets more volume on the running side. And I think he gets more volume in the passing game. Or what was already 2,000-plus all-purpose yards. Yeah, that's Well, what was it? Nearly 3,000-plus purpose yards, really. Um, Should we, for the benefit of, unless stated in the question, have everything as half-point PPR? Yeah, we'll, that makes sense. And then it's in the middle, and you can make your own informed decision on what yeah. we tell you for half-point. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go with Saquon Barkley, I think, for me. That's who I expect to uh, end up number one. Nice. Do you have a sleeper? Sleeper for me, again, I don't. It depends where you want to look. So for me, I'm going to say sleeper is anyone from. I'm going to take this as a sort of a standard draft. Anyone that you can get with an ADP of over a hundred. Right. Does that end of round eight ish? So that's yeah, end of round eight. I think from that point there is where you're looking at sleepers. I've got several. My. The one I'm sleeping on, the one I, I'm banking the most, is D.D. Westbrook. I, I don't understand his, his ADP at the moment. It really confuses me that he's uh, got an ADP somewhere of around about 130 to 140, um, depending on the, the the platform you play on. And I, I don't understand that. He's clearly the one in Jacksonville. Um, Nick Foles is an upgrade at quarterback. They haven't you know they've changed their offensive coordinator, and you've got um, John D. Filippo in there, who did a great job with uh, Philadelphia. I don't, I, I don't understand why his ADP is so low. So for me, he is a buy 
anywhere from the ninth round. Because And sometimes I'm just literally like, I should take him here, but I know he's going to fall another two rounds. So then I wait around and still go and pick him up. Yeah, yeah, for so sure. So for me, D.D. Westbrook for me is the biggest sleeper at the moment and I, I don't get his ADP at all. So I've got a stupidly deep sleeper that may not pay off whatsoever. But the uh, Buffalo Bills traded or picked up Oh, God, this is terrible. So you've got a sleeper and you don't know the name of him? No, I know his name. Not Charles Clay? No, no, he now plays somewhere else. Oh, he plays at Arizona, doesn't he? Yeah. So he was there. Uh, Croft, Tyler Croft. Tyler Croft. There we go. So, yeah, they either traded for or picked Tyler Croft up after he was let go by the Bengals. And I think he's broke his foot and he's out for the season. But they drafted Dawson Knox, uh, tight end, athletically. He's an athletic tight end as opposed to a blocking tight end. And they used Clay a lot when he was there. So I think if you are desperate for tight end... I'd, You're going Dawson Knox. I'm going Dawson Knox. Do you remember what I put on Dawson Knox when I wrote his profile? Yeah, have you got it in front of you? I'm pulling it up now because I, I was quite strongly worded in what I said about uh, Dawson Knox. So bear with me. That's fine. Shall I do the next one and then... I'll read the next question and you can bring up your Dawson Knox when you get there. How's that? Sounds good. Okay, so Luke Campbell asks, if I had to choose, or we had to choose, between DJ Moore and T.Y. Hilton in PPR, who would you choose and why? Hashtag volume is king versus breakout potential. Um, This, (laughs) I I don't know why I don't think this is a question, because it's T.Y. Hilton all day long for me. Yeah, I'm the same. DJ Moore is... It, it, the only way I would be thinking about this question is is Dynasty. So in Dynasty, T, DJ Moore has got a 10-year career in front of him. T.Y. Hilton has got two to three. Um, he's getting injured more. I don't think there's a long history of T.Y. Hilton left in the NFL. And I think that is the only reason there would be a question mark. But in PPR, T.Y. Hilton is the one throwing... He's got Andrew Luck throwing at him, not Cam Newton... Yeah, no question for me. It's going to be T.Y. Hilton and their ADPs really reflect that as well. Perfect. Any Dawson Knox news yet? Yeah, here we go. I'm going to read it word for word. That's fine. (laughs) This guy could literally be anything in the NFL. He could break out as the next George Kittle or he could flame out in the league and be playing CFL or XFL ball in no time. How am I expected to evaluate a guy... Um, with 39 career catches and only 15 coming in the last year for a career 605 yards and zero touchdowns. I cannot really tell you what kind of player he's going to be. He has great hands and speed, but is yet to produce. Tyler Croft will be the one in Buffalo this season. (laughs) You can tell where this is written. Knox is a gamble here, so I wouldn't draft him beyond the 18th round in a dynasty draft, uh, and I'd personally avoid for one of the highest drafted tight ends in a rookie league. Uh, he shouldn't be drafted in redraft leagues. <laughs> That's all changed. Yeah. I, I did say it was a deep sleeper that might never pan out. Yeah, fair. Right. I take it that's a dynasty um, a dynasty sleeper. Yeah, or deep league. Like, stupidly deep league. Oh, okay, fine. Um, I'm going to take him. I'm going to take him with my next pick in R1, by the way. Yeah, go for it. Um, I, I would love that. He's not on my radar, as you could probably tell from some of the language written. No, that's fine. Cool. I'm going to take the next question, then. Fire the cannons. Yes. So Matthew Arthur on Facebook writes, um, the ranking of Jameis Winston. If you rank Evans as a wide receiver one and Godwin as a top uh, wide receiver three and Howard as a tight end one, then what does it make Winston? Then it becomes a game of who do you take over him or take him over? 
You're asking me. Well, yeah, you answer. So then I'll answer. I think Jameis, if he has the connection with Arians that everybody says he has, he's got the upside to be top five purely because the Bucks D won't be great. I mean, if I'm wrong here at all, Murph, you're the man to tell me differently. But mm-hmm. I think the Bucks D won't be great, so they'll either be chasing games or in high-scoring games. And if it is a high-scoring game, Jameis is the one throwing the rock. So I think he's got top five upside. I think he's locked as a top 12. And I think people are sleeping on him in drafts. Um, and then the game of who do you take him over... See, for me, it's late round. I'm always late round quarterback anyway. And then you've got Mahomes, who will regress a little. Luck, who could be better. Matt Ryan's got an absolutely beautiful schedule. Um, Rodgers will be Rodgers. And then I think you're into the sort of second, third tier, much of a muchness. And I think I'd take him over most of who to come. I'm very similar to you. I think for me... I, I. I th- I'm in the similar range. So I, I currently rank him around about somewhere between 8 and 10. And it's just trying to work out how much of the run game influences is what's changing my ranking a little bit. So I have him in that 8 to 10. So for me, QB1. Mm-hmm. Definitely a QB1. Guys to take over today, absolutely no hesitation. Mahomes, Luck, Rogers, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan. You're taking them over him? Yes. Okay, cool. Like if I was just... Name quarterbacks in your rankings that you're quite comfortably. Obviously, I'm very rarely ever going to pick Mahomes up because I'm never going to pick him on his ADP. Yeah, of course. But if he's there around that is a price, then obviously I'm going to take him. So there, that's where those five for me are absolute definite ones. I would now start considering is Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield are the are the two that I kind of like. Now I'm in this realm of who do I consider. And I probably would lean to, I would probably take Wilson over Winston in most cases, just on the history and consistency, I think would always give me that say, I'm a bit conservative when it comes to quarterbacks and I like consistency. And the one thing that Russell Wilson's always given is an element of consistency. Uh, Last year wasn't a great year for him coming back of being the, you know, a former quarterback one in fantasy. I don't know if he ever gets to the level of being a quarterback like the first overall quarterback, but he's easily a top five quarterback for me. It's when you start getting into the Baker Mayfields. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll read you a list and you just say over or under. Okay. Okay, so have we said Drew Brees? No, I would take Winston over Brees. Okay, Wentz. I'd take Winston over Wentz. Goff. I'd take Winston over Goff. Newton. I'd take Winston over Newton. Then you've got Kyler Murray. I'd take Winston over Murray. So the rest of the list, you're going to take him over. Allen, Prescott, Big Ben, Rivers, Trubisky, Cousins, Jackson. Yeah. So yeah. So there you go. I'm putting him. I'm putting him in that sort of seven or eight range. That for me is where I feel pretty comfortable um, putting him. I think it's touchdowns. I think Arians will clean up some of the errors. So I think the um, the, the thing you've got to remember is Winston has traditionally been pretty poor in the red zone in the last few years, and I think a lot of that has been scheme. And a lot of that has been the coaching and the roots plan. I think a lot of it is the coaching element. And some of it is on the quarterback. He makes mistakes, and I think he will make mistakes. I still think he'll throw the ball and still turn it over. And I think with the, the way the no risk it, no biscuit is, I think he turns the ball over. But I do think he gets more lethal in in the red zone. I think he, 
there's he's at such a low point that actually he could literally fall over the bar that is so low in the red zone. <laughs> like for him to to him to get a ten TD upside on where he, where he's been in the last couple of seasons is not very hard. And like for any other QB, I'd say God, ten touchdown improvement. But the bar is that low in the red zone. I can clearly see him picking up ten touchdowns in the red zone this year that he's that they clearly missed on. So, yeah, I I stat him quite highly, and I think he'll be in easily top five in touchdowns, top five in yards. I think it will only be interceptions that will keep him out of the top five. And then he has had a couple of niggling injuries, so I could see him missing a game or two this year. Fair enough. Right, moving on. This one's from our boy Antonio on Twitter, and he's Oggy on the Silent One. Sir Alex Ferguson famously once claimed, attack wins you games, defence wins you titles. So who's the leader of this sneaky, under-the-radar good defence? I mean, I don't understand the full element of the question in terms of if this is picking a strong IDP player or picking a strong I think DST. I think DST. Right, so that's how I interpreted it. So looking at a DST, my sneaky, under-the-radar good defence for me is the Buffalo Bills. I think they're not a mainstream. You're never going to see them be this uh, amazing um, top five ranked DST, but I think they're a top five defense. I think with the way that they have played, you saw, you saw lots of elements. The Bills weren't getting blown out in loads of games last year. They were getting beat, but you saw towards... I mean, they shut out the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's no easy feat to shut any team out, especially the Vikings. So, it was a touch weird. Well, especially if it was like 44 zip yep. or something. It was ridiculous. Um, I played the Vikings that week as well. <laughs> so, I, I think for me, I think Buffalo, they've got... It's great coaching, great scheme. They've got a lot of experienced guys, but they've also got some really... They've drafted very well on that side of the board the last couple of years. Um, Continuity's key, so a couple of years in that system now. Um, plus, I think they've really expanded the offense, so I think that the offense will spend more time on the field. So I think that will really help in terms of keeping the points down because it's it's been the offense that's let them down, mm. not not the defense. Um, and I think that they will. I think they're going to be a top five D this year. I really do. I love that. Right. Well, if you want one for me, I'm saying the Jets, just because I think they've added pieces on both sides of the ball, which will help at their respective positions. I think the addition of Le'Veon Bell suggests they want to run it a little bit more, which means they need to lean on their defence. And when you've got Adams in the backfield leading, they've got the chap from the Ravens who came over in the big money deal. They've got some good pieces, and I think they had... It was nasty last year anyway. They just had too many holes. I think they've plugged a couple of the holes and stated their intention with a bit more of the run game. Although, Adam Gage could do absolutely anything. So... But I think the Jets will be better than last year, and I think if the, the defence could be good. That's fair. That's a good pick. Um, so next question comes from an Australian podcast. So one that's called uh, the Vault Studio Podcast Network. Uh, these guys are great. They recently had uh, Zach Moron, um, who we love his work. We've talked about it on here. We've written an article about it. So um, Caponomics, if you haven't bought it, go out and buy it. Um, their question is, and you can tell this was written by the host that is a Cowboys fan, uh, where would you rank Zeke amongst running backs, considering he will have Frederick back this year and Connor Williams should improve? So again, we'll have to take this as half point because there isn't a stipulation as to what it is. Yeah. 
But considering Zeke is probably better in standard than PPR anyway, because he doesn't catch the ball as much as Barkley does. And considering they've added Cooper for, well, I think he actually caught more after Cooper was there, but a whole off-season with Cooper and Dak progressing and then Witten's back, that could... And I think Zeke's had something stupid like 700-odd touches in his first three years. Well, more than that, I think, because he, he had 300 last year and he had 300 oh, well, maybe season, Maybe so, yeah. 900 then. It's, I know well, it was, he had a season that was injured, so it's, it, that he was out suspended for six games. So We'll call it 890. Yeah, probably around about 800 he's probably had. That's a lot. And I think they drafted uh, Weber and Tony Pollard. Yeah. And I think they're going to not take touches off him to make it hurt fantasy-wise, but they will, even if he drops 10% of his snap rate just to keep him off the field a little bit more, I think that's going to hurt. Having said that, you know, there's four running backs. Well, actually, let's say half point. I think Kamara possibly drops out the top four in half point. I think CMC's volume keeps him in the top three. I think, and then you've got Barkley and Zeke in the top three in half point PPR. And I wouldn't blame you if you took any of them number one overall. I think they're all going to be top alpha dogs at their position. And I think it comes down to if you're lucky enough to have a top three pick then you can basically pick who you want. Um, I know you've got a strong case for Saquon, but then if people stack the box and he isn't that productive and Eli Manning implodes and Daniel Jones doesn't turn out to be quite what they wanted, Barkley could suffer there. So I think I've got him as my number two behind Barkley just because Barkley's workload could be incredible. I'm at three. And the reason I have him at three is purely on touchdowns. I think Saquon... Will get double-digit touchdowns this year. Yep. I think Christian McCaffrey will get double-digit touchdowns this year. I'm not confident that that Zeke will. Didn't he? But he must have more than last year, and he had six last year. He had six last year. He had seven the year before. He's bound to have fifteen this first year. So the reason why sometimes he doesn't get as many is because you've got a mobile quarterback there. Uh, and yes, okay, with CMC you've got Cam, but Cam with the injury, I think. They'll make him be more conservative. He'll still run them in. But they're also predominantly a run offense. Whereas Dallas is a, a combination. They're trying to get the ball out more. That's why they've invested in in Amari Cooper. I think he moves up from six. I don't know if he gets to ten. You're asking for a, a huge jump in production when Zeke was healthy last year. And that offense, we've already seen it for half a season with Cooper. And the touchdowns didn't go up. So... I think it climbs from six because I think it'd be naive to think it doesn't. But can I see it get to ten? No. I think Barkley ends up with. I think Barkley's the sort of person who can end up with fifteen touchdowns. I think McCaffrey ends up with twelve, thirteen. I think Zeke maybe eight or nine. And I think when you're looking at the differences in those three, I think it is quite minor. I don't think there's, as you say, you can make a case for any of them. That for me is where there's a huge difference. Whereas yardage, you can make a case that any. I think Saquon will get more more all-purpose yards, but I think overall, I think it will be pretty close between the other two. Mm. I think targets will be. I don't think he catches the other two in receiving targets. No, no any. So that's where I just think I have to put him third. I think he and the bridge to Kamara and Kamara in fourth will be significant. But yeah, that's why he's third for me. So top three, basically. Yeah. Right, next question is from the Y-Man podcast on Twitter, and that's at Y-Man podcast one. 
and they ask, when it comes to tight ends in a standard league, do you get a stud, so Ertz, Kittle or Kelsey, early, or do you wait until late in the draft and stream tight ends week to week? So this question is to you, Murph. I was going to go for it, but carry on. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say that we did the, a podcast. It was our first podcast of 2019. It was a tight end debate, which we had. And if you haven't listened, definitely go back and listen to it because we basically cover this uh, at depth. And in terms of the, I think for me, I have concerns over Ertz. Um, and I, I think he's the tight end three. Basically, I have concerns over Kittle too because most of his production, his yards after the catch um, numbers are not sustainable. They were far too high. Mm. I don't think that number's consistent. I, I don't. It, I, it can't be. So I think for me, Kittle regresses in yards, and I'm not sure what he's like with Jimmy G because they haven't played much together. Ertz with Dallas Goddard behind. I think Dallas Goddard takes a lot of the red zone touches, and I think that's a concern for me. I see his production decreasing so for me there is a case of uh, Kelsey or waiting and I think for me Kelsey is one of those players that he has such an advantage now over everybody else I think it depends how your draft goes early and I think you need to look at where you draft and you need to see where the likelihood is I was a massive advocate of taking him in the second round. I'm probably still not. I know we traded up, but we had two pieces when we traded up and got him. And I think that I'm more comfortable with. I still am going to struggle to draft him inside the first two rounds because I think what you give up, I think it's just too much for me. No, no. I. So I think I would, if Kelsey's available in the third round, I select him. If he's not available in the third round, I would sleep and then I'd see how the draft progresses. I would rethink that conversation around about the fifth or sixth round and see if an Ingram or a Howard or if one of those other two have slipped in are still potentially there. And then I would look at my team and look at who's on the board and make that assessment. If after the sixth round, I'm going all the way to 10, 11, 12 round before I pick. This question is sort of like a five-sided sword for me. I think it massively depends... Um, how big the league is as well. Absolutely. Uh, you think if you're playing in a 10-team league, then you could possibly miss out on the top three. But if it's 12-14, and then if it says standard league, but let's presume this for the instance, if it is tight end premium here, Kelsey becomes possibly the best player in the league compared to standard because receptions that Kelsey will get. I think the trouble with these three is... If you're not the first person to pull the trigger on Kelsey, you're not going to get any of them. And I say that because if you decide to draft a running back or wide receiver and Kelsey goes soon after your pick, because every draft I've done in the last couple of weeks, they've gone in the first three rounds. They've all gone. These three chaps have all gone. Yeah. So if you don't pull the trigger, no one's drafting Ertz or Kittle. And if you do, like Murph said, there's cases for why not to, but... If you draft Kelsey as your one, everybody should have him as their tight end one. If you don't pull the trigger on him and somebody pulls him two, three spots after you do, the other two are going before you get your next pick. Definitely. So for me, it doesn't matter which of the one you want, you've got to take him when you want to take him. And I'm talking start of the second. Or if, basically, if Kelsey's there at your pick and you want one of the stud three, you have to take Kelsey then. 
then you have to take him. Yeah, because if you don't, you'll miss the other two. So, uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think yeah, a lot of it is, you know, we're, we're going to answer some of these questions, and a lot of them are going to be based on draft strategy, and we'll do more pods on on draft strategy. Um, it's really a case of where you feel comfortable to take your guy. Um, there's no doubt that Kelsey gives you an advantage over the rest of the position, but it's what you're giving up and what you're willing to to trade out. Um, I, we've talked about the fantasy bat, but we've had uh, Joe Piece Peer on here. And the reason why, it, it's not just because he's a great name and he's written a great book. Um, it really is that relative uh, position value is, is so important because when you've got your drafts, if you can work those formulas out before you draft, you're working out what you were trading off to get a player. And that is why it's so key. And that is why I'm, we've had Joe on twice. It's why we mentioned the Black Book. It's not just because it's a name and it's a it's a personality for us, um, even though Joe's brilliant and have him on at any time. But that, that one thing is the reason why you've got to buy the Black Book. Because if you can understand that, you'll have a significant advantage over any of the players that you play against this year. Because you're going to have a chart and you will basically work out, if I, if I'm get, if I take Kelsey here, my trade-off is this person who in rpv terms is this percentage and it's a clear number that says this is a good move i'm doing it i think for me um, if i had a big board i would put kelsey round about num player somewhere between player 23 and player 25 on my big board which is third round and the second so i think that's where you've got to for me where you think about him but yeah if you've got to reach up and go and get him so I'll give you, sorry Murph, to jump in, I'll give you a quick uh, RPV, knowing your league, when to draft them. So Josh, Drink and I are in it. We're in a 16-team IDP, 53-man roster, you've heard me mention it. But it's tight end premium. Right. Okay, so it's standard tight end premium. And we are drafting... So just explain tight end premium to people who have never played a tight so end premium. So tight end premium is essentially whatever... If you're playing in standard, a tight end gets a point per reception, but no one else does. Or if you're playing in PPR, tight end premium is normally two or three or whatever the commissioner... D- it's essentially giving extra points to tight end production. Yeah, and, and also touchdowns. So I've seen leagues where tight end touchdowns are worth more. Right. So Josh and I were on the clock drafting in the eighth spot. This is standard, remember. And Travis Kelsey hadn't gone. Now... This is a league where you start two tight ends as well. Oh, I'm drafting him at eight. Okay, so I said to Josh, let's draft him because we've still got another 16 picks till we get back. And those three could go. Absolutely. So I, and he said, no, no, no. So because I was only helping him out, he wanted to draft David Johnson. So I said, okay, that's fine. But we take a tight end. Whoever is there, best available tight end, we take him on the way back because of relative positional value. Right. For some reason, Travis Kelsey made it back to us. So at that point, that's ridiculous. We'd won the draft. Yes, yeah. second pick, eighth pick of the second round. Travis Kelsey behind Todd Gurley last year. If you Travis Kelsey's PPR points against standard points for everybody else, because that's what this is. It's tight end yeah. premium. Travis Kelsey was the second player, second highest fantasy scoring player last year. Yeah, which is why I would have taken him at eight. And we discussed it and. We should have done, but we didn't. Well, you didn't need to if you get him at... Exactly that. And then two rounds later, we thought Kittle might fall to us, but like we just mentioned, once we started the top-tier tight ends... They all fell off. The other two went. So we then got Evan Ingram in the fourth. That's brilliant. That's See, that's... And that's about knowing your league. So that's where it's so key. So that 
outlined an example where I would say I would never really take Kelsey before the third round in that game. I would all day long. But he becomes a different player. He's not your standard tight end then, is he? No. He becomes a completely different position all on his own. Okay, this next question comes from uh, Brent Powers at TD underscore MFL add-ons. His question is, zero RB strategy in a startup Superflex dynasty. Talk me off the ledge. Um, do you want to get, go on? You go in and I'll... <laughs> yes. It's almost like you want to jump in straight away. I, oh, I didn't want anything to do with that whatsoever. So Brent, zero running back. I don't know how I feel. So uh, to be fair, what we should do, Murph, is talk about briefly the draft we're currently in. Murph and I have got a sort of podcast fan originals league of people that have either been on the podcast or super fans of the podcast for instance and it's 10 team super flex ppr uh so yeah it's a 10 team super flex ppr no titan premium or anything like that and our good friend and co-host rich decided to he took the first quarterback at 10 on the turn and that was Mahomes. and i think he went zero rb didn't he Murph? like he didn't take a running back for five or six rounds. Yeah. He went uh, Mahomes, receiver, and then receiver, receiver, receiver. And I decided in this super flex that I was going to go quarterback late. Yeah, very late. And uh, <laughs> we'll get into that when we... We basically decided we're going to do a whole podcast on the s- semantics of super flex and the draft we did. So we're not necessarily going to do a rundown of how the draft broke down, but what our teams looked like differently because Murph went with the, I'd say, generic Superflex strategy of getting in two stud quarterbacks early. I think I was blessed. Well, yeah, no, you were, but you got two... Murph took two stud quarterbacks at the end of the second, beginning of the third. Yeah. Um, And I didn't take a quarterback until probably round seven or eight, which... If not later, but yeah, it was quite late in the draft. Um, obviously, Brent, we're getting away from your question here of zero RB, but I, I think that I don't like it. I personally like to build my teams from a balanced standpoint um, in the first four rounds. So I would like two running backs and a receiver and tight end if I take taken one of the stars or two receivers, two running backs. And I want it to look, I want the core of my team to be fairly solid before moving forward. Um, whether you could do that with four receivers, I don't know. It depends on the size of your roster in the Superflex, for instance. If it's only one quarterback, two running back, two wide receivers, tight end, flex and Superflex, you could do it. But then you're talking about drafting in the first five rounds, two quarterbacks, three receivers, and maybe a tight end in the sixth. And then... Who are you going to have as your starting RB at that point? I mean, you might get Mark Ingram. That's no guarantee because of Gus Edwards and uh, else, other people there. And Here's where I fall on it. I do not believe that you can have a strategy going into a draft saying you are going to do something because I think you will lose. I don't think so you do can... You do think I've lost because of where who I took? I, I no, because I think for me, I don't think you can walk into a draft and say, no matter what, I am not taking two running backs in the first two rounds, because you don't know how the draft is going to fall. No, for sure. 
you can sit there and do as many mock drafts as you like, but there's always going to be a curveball or two thrown in there. And it's from then that you mentioned pivot points. When the first tight end comes off the board, the next two are going to fall off pretty quickly. Superflex should be pretty similar once the first quarterback comes off the board. We're in a eliminator league with Matt Harmon for charity. And, we, you know, I made this pick. It was 12.30 at night. Um, so you were asleep. And I thought I didn't want to slow the draft down. And I was like, do I go Joe Mixon or do I take Andrew Luck? And I took Joe Mixon in that case. And then saw the quarterbacks come off the board and we took Jameis Winston this morning um, because it was a two-quarterback league and we thought, actually, we're 17 picks before we pick again. If we don't take a quarterback here, and we passed on, these were some of the players that we passed on, Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Thomas, um, Julio Jones, Nick Nick Chubb, James James Conner. These were the players that we passed because being so far back... If we passed on Winston and 17 quarterbacks came off the board, we're dead. We can't, we, we're going to really struggle. So that's part of why I, I think if you walk in with a strategy and you commit to it before the draft, you're probably going to lose. It's good to have ideas. It's good to think about in this situation if the draft falls this way, and that's what the mocks are for. I think for me in a super flex league, if you, if you play in a traditional, and the league we're playing in is not a traditional super flex league because... I should never have been able to, with the 20th pick of the draft, being able to take Andrew Luck and then Aaron Rodgers with only one quarterback off the board. Rich and I were chatting to ourselves and we were like, I can't believe this. We're, we're at the end of the second round and there's no QBs. I have to go double QB because the position advantage I gain over everybody else. I was never planning on taking two QBs in the opening three rounds because I thought I'll get a stud one and then I'll pick someone up late. But the way the board fell, it was inevitable i picked in the one spot so i picked barkley first so and that's another point if you're picking in the top three spots can you pass on one of those three running backs i don't know if i can in any format unless it is like a tight end premium and things like that then i have to consider it so i, I think just to answer the question you need to look at your league you look at need to look at how many players and you need to watch the draft i would not go into the draft with a zero rb strategy i would look and see where you're picking If you're picking in the top three, I think you should take one of the three running backs because I think they give you a heavy positional advantage over everybody else. But then, if not, then I can see where you go quarterback round one. If you get the opportunity to take, like I did in my draft, an Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson in the second round in a super flex, I can see why you'd go down that angle. But if those players are coming off the board and it's a run of QBs all the way back to you, once you get past the 14th or 15th QB, they're all a bit of a much of a muchness. So a it hot, doesn't a hot mess. A hot it? mess. Um, so I don't think it matters who you take. Then I think you just take what you can. So then take a positional advantage because if everyone's gone QB, you can take Hopkins, you can take Adams, you can take Julio Jones, and then that's where which is what I did. Yeah, and and that's that that's where you've got to hammer home an advantage and. I'm hoping we'll my... see how our team gets on. Yeah, but uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how my team of essentially everybody but my my, my tight end isn't a premium. I've got Hunter Henry, so he could be good. He might not be. Um, I took him in the seventh, I think. But my team is essentially a team of wide receiver and running back ones. Yeah, my entire team, and then my quarterbacks are well. I'll leave it for the show, but they are 
what what we've decided are a hot mess. But I'm hoping that they can drag me through enough points to let my studs do the work for me. And then the bye week, well, who knows what's going to happen in that the current situation. But we'll get onto that in the Superfix show. Yeah, whereas my team will get into that, I went more for balance. So I kind of went for a slightly different route. And then where I didn't get a premium wide receiver, I built that up with solid wide receivers in the coming rounds and got value in other positions, which you'll see uh, later on in the draft. Yep. Right, Rush Nation, that is all we have time for today. So we'll do the rest in the next Mailback show. Could be next week. Don't want to lock that down. Don't know. We've got three absolute humdingers of guests this week. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're going to be in your ear holes. Performance-enhancing audio. Let's call it that. I've stolen that from somewhere else, but you know you love it. Rush Nation, please, please, please give us a little five-star review. Subscribe, download, hit the bell button. Whatever it is, whatever platform you're listening, let us know that you're there and you want more content because we absolutely love the communication. We're on Twitter, it's at 5 Yard Rush. And that's pretty much it until tomorrow, man. Yep, looking forward to it. Brilliant. Right, Rush Nation, first time this week. As always, don't forget to keep rushing. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.